Hello, everyone. Welcome, hey, to, <laughs> welcome to the Learning Tree um, Book Club's regular monthly meeting. We meet on first Saturdays once a month and read together for one hour and a half from 2 to 3.30 uh, Central Time. And uh, membership is free. And uh, uh, basically, we read for five minutes and each reader is asked questions by uh, the other uh, members and we move on to the uh, next uh, uh, member, reader or learner. And also uh, I'm Meredith McGee. I'm here in uh, Jackson, Mississippi and all of the other book club members, members will uh, introduce themselves before we start with the first reader. Yes, hello. I'm Vicki Jenkinson. I am the co-chair of the Community Library of Mississippi. And I am a contributor to the book club. To the uh, <laughs> I I am one of the contributing authors of one of the of one of the book club. Book toasters, I mean. Contributing author, one of the book toasters. Okay. Anybody else? I'm William Tress Jr. and I'm one of the original book toasters. And uh, I wrote two books, Reverse Guilty Plea and the New Papa's Party, which I'll be discussing later. My name's H uh, and I am in the first grade. My name is Jacob. I'm in the fifth grade. My name is Claire Long, and I'm in the seventh grade. Michelle, fifth grade. Um, I'm Michelle from Belize, and I am in fifth grade. Miriam. Hi, my name is Miriam. I am nine years old and I'm in third grade. Hi, All Miriam. right. So, uh, uh, Miriam and her sister, Salamat. Did I spell it? Pronounce it for me. Say it for me. Salamat. Okay. So, you all are, are reading uh, first and hold up the book and let the audience see what you uh, are reading. So I'm going to be reading Trip in the Enchanted Forest. Yay! That's my mama book, y'all. <laughs> and my sister is going to be reading my picture dictionary. Fantastic. Turn your speaker back on.
with the visual expression such as a painting and a sculpture. Animals who weigh 100 to 200 pounds. Ants. And aunt is the sister of a child, mother, or father. B. B is the second letter in the English alphabet. Bath. Can you talk just a little louder? Okay. Thank you. Bug. Bus. C is the third letter in the English alphabet. Cat. The family took a tax cab from the <clears throat> Houston Airport to a hotel downtown. Can't have cars. Is the fourth letter in the English alphabet that the little girl loved her dad to pick her up 
and air. And the air. Boys love to play with dots. They, the sun shines bright through the day. During the day. Diet. A diet what is what a what people and animals eat and drink. Dirt, an old abandoned motorcycle was on a dirt road. Dish, a plate is a dish. People eat their food of of <clears throat> okay, can you come to a a stopping point? Uh, because uh, your five minutes um ended, so we could ask you questions. Okay. Okay. Now you you're six, right? Yes. And you you in the first grade or kindergarten? Kindergarten. You you're reading very well. Um, I want to commend you for your um ability to read. How long have you been reading? Three years. Ooh. Wow, okay. <clears throat> so uh, 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 tell us a couple of things that you really like about your new uh, picture dictionary. I like the pictures. Oh, very good. Does anybody else uh, have any uh, questions to ask uh, uh, Silo Mont? How long did it take you to work on it? Okay. He, he was asking you how long did it take you to uh, work on uh, learning in your new dictionary. How long you been studying it? What did you say? How long have you been studying your uh, new dictionary? Is that what you was asking of William? Yes, uh-huh. 
How long she been studying her dictionary? That she had on. Uh-huh. She said a few weeks. A few weeks, huh? Okay, well, thank you and keep reading. Okay. You, you inspire me. <laughs> All right, so um, Mary Ann, you, you read it next. Tell us what you're reading. So I'm going to be reading Trip in the Enchanted Forest. Fantastic. One day, not too long ago, Richard, Janiah, Prince, Apollo, and Zion asked their mother if they could take a trip into the enchanted forest near their home so they could make some animal friends. Their mother said, yes, you may go into the forest, but be back by sundown. All the children were excited and skipped with glee. The first animal they saw was a pit bull, and his name was and his name tag red boxer wolf. The dog the dog barked and the kids responded, "Bow wow." Richard petted Boxer and asked him to come along and walk with them. Boxer wagged his tail happily and followed them. As the children walked a little further into the forest, they looked up and saw a bird. It was a robin. His outer coat was blue. His stomach was orange. The robin flew down and responded. Chirp, chirp. The kids cheered with, in excitement. Now they had two new friends, Robin and Boxer. Chirp, 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 said the kids to the bird. Not long after walking, Denia saw a cow. Moo, she said to the cow. Join the group and be our friend. The cow said, moo, sure. Further into the enchanted forest, they found a cave. They decided to rest because everyone was tired. They walked into the cave and took a short nap. The kids ran through the forest, singing and looking for new friends. Suddenly, a rabbit jumped from the bush. Wait, yelled the prince. Hop this way and be our friend. The rabbit stopped to think. 
Well, I don't have anything else planned, so off they went to find more friends. Next, they saw a sheep. Bah, bah, she said. They said, bah, sheep, joined the group. She shook her wool and said, bah, sure. Ah, Apollo screamed. There is a bug in my ear. Apollo swatted his hand at the bee. Richards said, Relax, it's just a bee. They make honey. Yeah. Janias added, And honey is sweet. I'm sorry, Mr. Bee. Apollo apologized. It's okay, the bee said he flew in a circle and joined the group. Buzz, buzz, the children were excited about the trip. They looked up and saw the shadow from the sun going down behind the trees. Apollo said, it's time to go home, Boxer said. I know a shortcut. They followed Boxer home in a different way. Along the dirt road, they got lost and met a chicken. Hey, said the hen, do you guys need help? Yes, said Prince, will you also be our friend? The chicken agreed to become an animal friend. The trip home was a pleasant journey on the way, was a pleasant journey. On the way, they talked all about they had seen. Richard asked each friend to tell something about their, themselves. The dog boxer said, I say bow wow to help me find where I am. The robin says chirp chirp to let her family know where she is and if there is danger. The cow says, moo, moo, to let my family know where I am. I give milk for my offspring and humans, use my milk to drink, cook, and make cheese, and other things. Milk provides vitamin D for health. Then, hence, the head said, cluck, cluck is what I say when there's danger. Hens are food for people and animals such as foxes. Hens lay 200 eggs each year. The rabbit said, hippity hop is the way I walk. I am food for some 
and clothing is made from my fur and skin. I say buzz buzz, said the bee. I can make honey, which is nutrients and sleep. I buzz from flower to flower to fertilize the plants. The sheep said ba-ba is the is the language that I speak when I am talking to other sheep. My meat is good source for of protein and during the hot season, farmers shear my fur and use it for clothing. The children watch the shadow of the sun go down behind the trees. Richard, Janiah, Prince Apollo said their goodbyes. Richard promised that they would see their animal friends again soon. When they made it home, they ate their supper, took a bath, put on their pajamas, brushed their teeth, kissed their mother goodnight, and went to bed. They said their prayers, and mother tucked them in bed. They had a pleasant, they had pleasant dreams about their trip into the enchanted forest. Richard, Janiah, Prince, and Apollo thanked the animals for teaching them a good lesson. The cow said moo moo, the bee said buzz buzz, then the hen said cluck cluck, the dog said bow wow, the robin said chirp chirp, the rabbit went hippity hop.
Miss Meredith, you're muted. Oh, Mary, I'm sorry. I thought you could hear me. Tell us something that you learned about the um, animals in the fires when you were reading. Thank you, uh, Elsie, for that. What I learned in the in the about the animals in the forest is that they all have different ways to communicate. Very good. You did a good job of um, uh, imitating how they sound. Any other questions? How long did it take to prepare that? Can you say that again? How long did it take to uh, write that? How much what? How long did it take to, to write the, the, that uh, a book of poem? How long did it, did it take to write it? Yes, uh -huh. uh, I didn't really write it myself. Uh-huh. Miss um, Meredith's mother wrote it, so I don't know how long it took. Okay. Okay, well, thanks, um, uh, Mary Ellis. And our next, um, a very good uh, reader is, um, uh, uh, Cherish. I know, I'm sorry, Harry. The book I'm reading is Because Bill. Back in the rugged pioneer days, when Picasso Hill was a baby, his kinfolk decided that New Ireland was becoming entirely too crowded, so they piled into covered wagons and headed west. The plan I considered settling in East Texas until Bill's mom noticed a hamster putting a stock a, a shack about 50 miles away. Another crowd neighbor, crowded neighborhood to rubble. Let's push on. As the as they crossed the Potosco River, Bill threw out a fishing line. But when a Texas trout nibbled, Bill was yanked overboard. He was held far downstream, and he would have drowned for sure if an old coyote had it grabbed him. Her family adopted 
and thought him and taught him the ways of one creatures. By the time Bill was outgrown, he reaches he felt like a member of the pack. He loved to rub with the coyote brothers as he grew older. He sometimes played with the big horn sheep. One day, a drifter, drifter named Chuck stumbled across the hill while he was napping, while he was taking a nap. He asked Bill, what he meant by snooping in the bushes without his trousers. Bill tried to explain that he was an coyote. Horse feathers, said Chuck. You're Texan. You're Texan, just like me. Bill decided to give life as a Texan a try. He borrowed Chuck's and prepared him and prepared him Tell me, you tell you the truth. Tell you the truth, Chuck. Most Texans are are sleeping outlaws. outlaws, and the worst of them are the Hell Clutch Gang. But even they would be okay if if they. The can became ranchers and heard the long horn. This wonder, her birds, ranching sounded good to Bill, and he handled her hell's clutch, determined to recruit him. But Bill's friends were interrupted when he was ambushed by a giant rattlesnake. When Bill dodged the snake's head, he slammed its slammed its slammed its coils around him. The snakes squeezed hard, but Bill squeezed harder, and he didn't let up until every drop of poison was out of the reptile, leaving it skinny as a rope and mild as a, mild as a goldfish. Then, before Bill could catch his friends, he was tackled by a 
director that was part Grizzly, part um, Gorilla, and part Tarantula. They whisked up and down the canyon and kicked up quite a distance before the monster finally became so dizzy. It had to quit. No one had ever tangled the two venomous and lived to tell the tale. So when Bill met up with the hell much scary there with Thundershot, who's the boss of this outfit, Bill asked. I, I was, Robert Gunsmith, but now you is. Bill had a sudden impression. Okay, Harry. Uh, let me know when you get to a, a stopping point when you get to the end of the paragraph. Bill told the king that he was going to turn every last one of them into respectable red handler. That's the last paragraph. Okay, so uh, Harry, you just read about him. Uh, a cow, a cowboy, right? So, give us a summary of what you just read about a boy that was left behind in a river, and a coyote saved his life and and raised him like his own. And then he met a Texan that that told told him about a game that was bad, so he wanted to make the game. Good. Oh wow, that's interesting. So a boy was raised by a, coy a coyote. Yes, after he was left by his parents. Okay, now I made a mistake, and and uh, Michelle was. I looked in the chat. Michelle was supposed to be next before Harry. Um, sorry about that, Michelle. But can you go now and then uh, we'll go to um, uh, Clarence and um, Cherish and that'll be all the uh, the children and the adults will read. Oh, are you, are, uh, was there any other questions of Harry before uh, Michelle starts? I didn't, was somebody saying something? Okay, Michelle, you could go ahead okay, and I, tell us what you think. I will read this book named Alibaba, and it has a lot of short stories. I will read this one. Andra Calls and the Lion. This.
There once lived a slave whose name was Andropos. His Roman master was very cruel and often beat him with a big stick. At last, the poor slave could not stand it any longer, and he made up his mind to run away. I will leave this dreadful place and go away into the country, he said to himself. There I will be free and my cruel master will not be able to find me. Androcles knew that he would need to be very careful. If the soldiers caught him trying to escape, they would put him in prison. The slaves waited until it was dark and then slipped quietly out of the house. He made his way very carefully out of the town without being seen by any of the soldiers. When he reached the country, Androcles ran as fast as he could. On and on he went until he came to a large forest. This slave walked for many hours through the woods. His clothes were torn by thorny branches of the trees, and he was very hungry. Suddenly he saw a large cave in the side of a hill. What a good hiding place, he cried. No one will find me here. And entered the cave and soon found a cozy spot to rest. He was so tired and weary that in a few minutes he was fast asleep. The runaway slave had not slept for very long when he was wakened by a loud roar. There at the mouth of the cave and coming towards him was a huge lion. To his surprise, the beast did not spring at him, but limped slowly to his side. The animal held up one of its paws in front of him and mourned, and mourned sadly as, it, as if it was in need of help. Very bravely, Androcles took, took hold of the paw and looked at it. At once he saw the cause of all the trouble. A large sharp thorn had stuck in the animal's foot and the creature was suffering great pain. As gently as he could, the slave pulled out the thorn. When the thorn was out, the lion was very pleased. The animal wagged its tail, purred like a big cat, and licked the hands of the man who had been so kind. For three years, Androcles and the lion shared the same home. Every day the great beasts went out hunted, hunting and brought him back food. At night, the runaway slave slept in the cozy bed at the back of the cave. The lion lay near the mountain, the mouth of the cave, so that Androcles would come to no harm. One day, Androcles was walking in the forest when he was captured by some Roman soldiers who were running 
were hunting wild animals. Alas, they told him that he would be put to death and that he would be torn to pieces by a lion. When, on the day he was to die, the, many people went to the great circus to, to watch the terrible sight. The emperor was there and he was seated on a high throne. When all was ready, Androcol was left alone in the middle of the circus. Soon a loud roar was heard as a huge hungry lion was let loose. The animal with red angry eyes and wide open jaws bounded swiftly towards the lonely slave in the middle of the circus. Everyone expected it to spring up upon the man and crush him with a mighty blow from its paw. Suddenly, when only a few feet away from poor Androcles, it stopped and sniffed the air. The people were silent. They had never seen anything like this before. The lion walked slowly forward, wagged its tail, and rubbed its head against him, just like a pet cat at home. Androcles knew at once that it was his old friend who had lived with him in the cave. Michelle, uh, can you stop right there or, or, or finish the paragraph and then stop so that we can ask you uh, questions? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so um, that's an interesting um, story that you just read. You read about a slave running away. So I want to, my question, I don't know any other people have questions, is who was the slave? Who owned the slave? And what country was this? The, um, the slave name was Androcles, and the um person who kept him in slave was a Roman leader, you say. And this was in Romania. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Any other questions? Uh Thank you for that. That was an interesting story. Any other questions to ask Michelle? What did you say end up happening to the to the bear? What what ended up happening to the um, lion? The lion, I mean the lion, yeah. Um the at the end of the story is said that how um the lion, the um person who kept the lion, um so Androcles adopt the lion at the end. So it had a good ending to it. Oh, great. Yeah. Oh, you got you was able to finish the whole short story? Oh, no, I, I see, I see. Okay, well, thank you so much, uh, Michelle. Now, Michelle, now, how many books are you reading a month now? Um, one. Okay, okay, but uh, that's a, a step forward because you, you you just started reading for pleasure uh, at the end of last year, right? Uh, very good. Keep it up. Keep it up. Okay, so um, Clarence, you're next. Oh, did I spell the name of the book right? Hold your book up, Michelle. I'm not sure if I spelled it right in the chat. Chat. 
Oh, I did. Okay, Alibaba. Okay. Okay, Clash, you're next. The, the story I'm reading is Taggy the Penguin. There once lived a penguin. Hold it up uh, for me, uh, Claire. Claire's hold the cover of the book up. Oh, I see it, Taggy the Penguin. I see it. I see. Unmute yourself. There once lived a penguin. His home was a nice icy land he shared with his companions. His companions were named Goodly, Lovely, Angel, Neatly, and Perfect. His name was Tacky. Tacky was an odd bird. Every day, Goodly, Lovely, Angel, Neatly, and Perfect greeted each other quietly and politely. Tacky greeted them with a heartly slap on the back and allowed what's happening. Goodly, lovely, angel, neatly, and perfect always marched. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Tacky always marched. One, two, three, four, two, three, six, zero, two and a half, zero. His companions were graceful divers. Tacky liked to to do splashy cannonballs. Goodly, lovely, angel, neatly, and perfect, always sang pretty songs like the sunrise on the iceberg. Tacky always sang songs like how many toes does a fish have? Tacky was an odd bird. One day the penguins heard that, heard the thump, thump, thump on the feet of in the distance. This can mean only one thing, thing. hunters have, have come. They came with maps and traps and rocks and locks, and they were rough and tough. As the thump, thump, thump drew closer, the penguins could hear the the growly voices chanting, "We're gonna catch, we're gonna catch some pretty penguins, and we'll march um with a sandwich, and we'll sell them for a dollar and get rich, rich, rich." Goodly, lovely, angel, neatly, and perfect ran away in fright. They hid behind a block of ice. Tacky stood alone. The hunters marched right up to him, chanting, We're going to catch some pretty penguins, and we'll march them with a switch. And we'll, and we'll sell them for a dollar and get rich, rich, rich. What's happening? Blurred Tacky. Giving one... Hunter, and especially Hartley Slap on the back. They growled, we're hunting for some penguins. That's what's happening. Penguins, said Taki. Do you mean those birds that marched neatly in a row? And he marched one, two, three, four, two, three, six, zero, two and a half, zero. These hunters looked puzzled. Do you mean those those birds that dive so gracefully? Tacker, tacky asked, and he did a splash, a splashy cannonball. The hunters looked wet. 
Do you mean those birds who sing such pretty songs? Taiki began to sing, and from the block of ice came the voices of his companions, all singing as loudly and dreadfully as they could. How many toes does a fish have, and how many wings on a cow? I wonder, yup, I wonder. The hunters could not stand the horrible singing. This could not be the land of the pretty penguins. They ran away with their hands clasped tightly over their ears, leaving behind their, ma their maps, traps, and rocks and locks, and not looking at the rough and, t and not looking all rough and tough. Goodly, lovely angel, neatly and perfect, hugged Taki. Taki was an odd bird, but a, but a very nice bird to have around. That's the end. Okay, well, very good, Claire. So you uh, you were mentioning something about somebody getting rich. So I was wondering who was getting rich and who was they making all this money off? So there was hunters who wanted to find the penguin, to find the penguins, um, because and they had traps, traps and everything, and they're planning on going there and catching penguins. And getting rich by selling them. And where were they? Who were they were selling the penguins to? Uh, I don't know. They're just saying, selling them for like money because they're they were all they were all so rare at the time. Okay. All right. Very good, Clarence. You you read very good. Now, uh, are there any other questions to ask our Clarence? Okay, so uh, Cherish, are you ready? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Okay, the... The name of my story is The Secrets of the Rock. And I'm just going to stop at page five because it's a pretty long story and I don't want to take up much time. Look out, Bibble Mouse Squeak, dropping his rake. He gave his best friend Tweak a violent push that sent them both head over heels into a leaf pile. A large rock rolled harmlessly past and came to rest at a flat spot beneath a nearby tree. Woo, Tweak said. Tweak said, scrambling to his feet. Gee, thanks, Fribble. I didn't see that big rock coming. It would have smashed me flat for sure. Fribble got to his feet too. His long tail swished through the air and he stroked his whiskers nervously. Close call, he agreed. Their third grade teacher, Mrs. Treble, had heard Fribble's shout and she came charging up the hill at the same time, their worried classmates came to running down from where they'd been digging to make sure Fribble and Tweak were okay. Mrs. Trimble was a stout, middle-aged gray mouse, and she was puffing by the time she reached them. Are you all right? She asked Fribble and Tweak. We're fine, Fribble assured her and his classmates. 
Mrs. Tremble examined each of them, from the tips of their noses to their long tails, to be sure they really weren't hurt. All of the pupils in Mrs. Tremble's third grade class at Twitch Elementary School were at Pioneer Park this beautiful autumn afternoon. Each class in the school had volunteered to do a service project to help the community of Cheddarville in some way. Their class had decided to clean up this old park on the west side of town, very close to where Fribble lived. In fact, Fribble and his little brother, Scamper, often came to Pioneer Park to play. They usually stayed in the sunny, open area close to Swiss Street, where all the playground equipment was located. On the hill at the upper end of the park were trees, flower beds, and a few picnic tables. Occasionally, Fribble had noticed an old mouse up there, sitting in the sun and reading a newspaper. But that part of the park was usually empty, except for summer holidays, when families came for picnics. Although Fribble and Scamper never went to that area, apparently quite a few others did. A lot of trash was scattered about. The weeds had completely taken over the, the flower beds. Some teams of students were work will be working with and with gloves over their paws, were filling trash bags with old bottles and papers. Other teams were pulling weed and raking leaves. Fribble had volunteered for leaf patrol. He loved the gorgeous yellow, red, and brown leaves scattered deep over the ground like a fancy carpet. Mrs. Tremble, relieved that no one was hurt, blew the whistle on the cord around her neck. She shouted, finish up what you were doing in the next 10 minutes and meet at the park gate. It's almost time to walk back to school. Everyone scurried about, taking their bags of trash to the big barrels standing outside the park restrooms. But instead of running for the gate, Fribble and Tweak walked over to the rock for a closer look. Wow, it's almost as big as me, Tweak said. I get up close. I'm gonna stop right here because it's a pretty long story. Okay, okay, well, uh, uh, very good. Um, and so the, the main character was a mouse? Yes, ma'am. Now, uh, so give us um, a little summary of the five pages that you read. What was happening in the story? So first, there was this third grade, this third grade class that went to Pioneer Park. And Fribble Mouse, the main character, and his friend Tweak were playing in the leaves, but then they almost got hit by a big rock that was passing by them, and they screamed. So their teacher, Mrs. Tremble, came back to see what was happening with her class with his classmates. They realized that no one was hurt, and they were just they just jumped into the pile of leaves, but they were scared. And after that. They went to this area in the park where him and his brother, Fribble and his brother, always always goes to. And they realized that there was much trash in that area. So they saw other teams going and picking up all the trash and raking all the leaves in that area. 
So they decided that they wanted to help too. And Fribble said that he wanted to do leaf patrol, which means he wanted to rake up the leaves and like put them in piles because he really loved the colors of each leaf. Yeah, because it reminds him of a fancy carpet. And that was what, that was the pages I ended up on. Oh, very good summary, young lady. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Any other questions? How many pages did the book have overall? Um, it has um about ninety-five pages, ninety-six pages. Okay. Okay, so um Well, uh, William, you want to uh, uh, do your five minutes, and then I just have uh, uh, two poems, and anybody else, I think it's uh, two adults after uh, after me, and I, and I think we have time because it's 303 now. That'd be fine. Uh, uh, my name is William Trash Jr., and I'm the author of Reverse Cookie Plea, and also the New Populist Party. And uh, Reverse Cookie Plea is about the dysfunctional nature of the political system. And there's a character in there named Charles Wilson, and uh, he uh, gets wrongly accused of a crime by his own family. And there's a family feud that's been going on for years in that family, and it culminates in uh, him getting charged with a, with a uh, white collar crime. And uh, he fights it out in the judicial system, but. Uh, you have to realize if you don't have enough money to get a regular lawyer, you have to get a public defender to represent you. And public defenders, uh, without almost without exception, uh, will only do a guilty plea for you to get a reduced sentence. And they never will represent you on the facts of your case. And uh, only a good lawyer will do that. And uh, public defenders uh, get you off on a, on a lesser, lesser sentence, but you still have to uh, be found guilty, have a criminal record. And uh, the guy, his name is Charles Wilson, and he carries on over to the New Populist Party, which is my second book. And this book made it the textbook market. And uh, the new public party is about the guy, same guy named Charles Wilson and meets a woman named Susan Crosby, who's a reporter for the Los Angeles Times and also a news anchor. And uh, she uh, goes on and runs for president of the United States and becomes president of the United States. And he's the, the husband of the first president of the United States. It's a female. And... Uh, uh, this book is about many issues about health care, about why we should provide good health care for our citizens, and about infrastructure, about the roads and bridges, and why we should repair those. And uh, I recommend in here this book, something that Biden is doing right now, which is repairing the infrastructure. And uh, what I recommend is that you combine the private sector with the government and uh, get the funding to repair the infrastructure. And when you do that, you can bring the unemployment rate down to just about 0%. And uh, 
And also in this book, I have a side note that Trump would get caught in a scandal and uh, he, he would, wouldn't even serve out his first term, which almost became true. If you want to read the rest of it, tune in. My book is on, uh, what is what my book on this McGee? Uh, the, oh, 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 you can buy the book anywhere. You buy books online, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, uh, any uh, online bookstore. Okay, all right. All right. Well, I recommend my book. Both books are really interesting and really intriguing, and they really tell a good message in my book. The new Papa's writer is really on target about predict, predicting what would happen in the next few years. Okay, does does anybody have any uh, questions uh, to ask uh, William about his summary of his uh <laughs> Well, uh, Willie, in the nature of the politics that's going on now, it's going to be good when your uh, socialist uh, political party comes aboard, wouldn't it? Yeah, uh, I had a lot of ideas on what Biden's actually doing, you know. And yeah. uh, Pamela Harris and the Democratic Congress, you know. And also, I predicted Trump would get in trouble, which that proved to be true, too, you know. Oh, yeah, that's what I was saying. Considering what's going on democratically, politically now, yeah, they're going to need a new party. Yeah, yeah. And it might, might, it might prove prophetic, you know, what I predicted, you know. So... Yeah. It's, uh, I studied political science all my life and I had a feeling this was coming, you know. I wrote this book just a few years ago. Yeah, I realize your interest in politics. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Be a selling market, a market for your book. Yeah. There's a market. <laughs> yeah. I just have to get it out there and get it publicized, you know. Yeah. Yeah, well, um okay, so um I'm gonna do I'm just gonna do two polls and then in, uh, anybody else can go. Um we have two readers left, uh Vicky and um Mary at the mid is uh three ten now. Uh so um Mary told me last week um, that this was um, um, National Poetry Month. So I um, I pulled out a book that I bought about 26 years ago. This was actually one of the first poets that I knew personally. That I went to her book signing and bought her book. <laughs> And um, you know, saw her autograph her book and all that. And I think this was um, she lives in Alabama, and Black Belt Press in Montgomery published her collection of poetry. And her name is um, Carol Zipper. She's also the uh, publisher of a newspaper with her husband. 
This is a picture of Miss Farrell. Can you see it? And uh, <clears throat> I, her title uh, was very interesting to me even then. And the name of it is, I Don't Want to Be Rich, Just Able. And that really struck me as the title of a collection of poetry. I don't want to be rich, but just able. <clears throat> and so one of the poems that she wrote that I really like is um, I Met a Man. And it has uh, one, two, three, four, five stanzas in it. <clears throat> and a lot of uh, repetition uh, and a little rhyme. I met a man today for the first time, I think, and he was clear and different and new for none of the reasons I know. I met a man today for the first time, I think, and he was gentle and warm and safe for all the reasons I want. I met a man today for the first time, I think, and he commanded feelings and motion and trust for all the reasons I need. I met a man today for the first time, I think. And he gave me his hand and his heart and his mind for all the reasons that are right. I met a man today for the first time, I think. And we began to live for the first time, I think. And uh, that was the uh, poem that I selected from that collection. And then um, I wanted to, uh, to read one of my own poems from my collection of, of poems and uh, writings. This is uh, Odyssey, the second edition. This, this includes about 20 years of my uh, writings, but the, uh, this is my Actual great grandmother, Roxy Hickey Patterson. On my my mother's, this is my mother's grandmother. She was born in 1874, and she uh, uh, died in uh, 1947. So that was a generation before I was uh, born. But my grandmother, um, who was named for her, my grandmother was named Roxy, like her mother. Uh, she told me a story when I was young and I turned it into a poem. I turned part of the story into a poem, the other part. Um, and the name of this poem, which I wrote this poem, I think in 1998, yeah, 1998, is An Imprisoned Mind. From the walls of prison, I cried for my unborn child and my selling ignored me. From the walls of prison, I felt pity for my sins and those committed against me and my selling laughed at me. From the walls of prison, I gained knowledge of my heritage. Ain't that something? If my grandmother was a Choctaw Indian, where is the pottery in our family loot? Why are her people pressed on the reservation? 
why am I in prison? Why didn't my English grandfather leave some of the gold or the little house behind the mansion? Why did my grandfather peek at my mother through the window and never touch her pretty face? Where is my African father's castle, his royal estate? Why am I penniless? From the walls of prison, I became free and my silly adored me, the daughter of nobility. So I bought some Indian pottery for our family loot, earned me some dust and built a mansion. And I rode an elephant's back across my father's estate. From the walls of freedom, I became rich and my silly partnered with me. The Nubian queen, the seed of confusion, the black child from the East. So th this is just a note. I'm not gonna read all of the notes. Verse eight is based on a story about my maternal great-grandmother, Roxy Hickey Patterson. According to family lore, when Roxy, a mulatto was a little girl, her English father, Judge Harvard Davis, a powerful county judge, requested for her to be brought in front of his law office so he could peek at her through his window. The incident was humiliating. Plus, Judge Harvey had abused his power over his teenage servant, Roxy's mother, Artel, my great-great-grandmother, and impregnated her at age 12. And I thought, I thought about that because I watched a Aretha Franklin movie um, recently. It was a very good movie. It's one of my favorite singers, the kind of a songstress that can sing something that bring you to tears. That's a singer there. <laughs> but anyway, so I, I just wanted to um, uh, uh, share those two pieces in uh, thinking about our National uh, Poetry Month. Uh, any questions? And uh, so Mary, uh, uh, huh? I do have a question. I'm sorry, but my computer went out and I'm just now getting back in. Okay. But in terms of your your grandmothers, do you have any kind of information regarding midwifery? Did they who were their midwives? Were they midwives within your family? Do you know? Yes, she was a midwife. She helped give birth to Ooh, I, I think almost, uh, 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 I know over 80 children, but anyway, um, okay. she's from uh, Center, Mississippi, out on the uh, outside of uh, Kosciuszko, in, um, in fact, uh, um, the slaveholder who owned um, her father's I mean, her husband's mother started Center Community. Uh, was one of the okay. founding members of Cindy, a uh, Center Community, and he, uh, she was born in South Carolina, and then she was sold to um, a slaveholder from North Carolina with the same last name Patterson, 
and and um, um they moved he moved her her and her uh, two children by another uh man which could have been his relative to Alabama then they moved to uh center Okay, that's that's very interesting. I shall be calling you in a few days. <laughs> I shall be calling you. Thank you. Well, what's uh, could you interview me on Facebook sometime soon about my two books? Who are you asking? He wants me to interview it. Oh, yeah. I can do that, but I'm going to have to figure out how to do it, how to connect it. Meredith will give me some directions, and then once she gives me directions on how to do Facebook on Zoom, I can do that. I will do it. I can do it. Okay, okay. Appreciate it. Because uh, Mary, you can do yours. Uh, 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 Mary, I can interview any of the authors or poets on Mondays and Fridays. She, she did. I was her first one last Friday, and I was able to convert it into audio for my new uh, podcast. Uh, I, I learned how to convert a, a video into uh, audio for the podcast. I hadn't learned how to uh, to do it from scratch yet, but so whenever you uh, whenever you get through with Mary, we could convert it into uh, uh, to the podcast as well. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, so uh, anyway, uh, who's next? I'll go. I'll, I'll, I'll go next. Well, I have uh, two pieces. I'm going to read my mother's favorite poem. Uh, she's not the author, but she always shared it with us. And then I'll read a piece about uh, Shirley Chisholm. I spotlighted Shirley Chisholm last Monday on Facebook. So I have that poem, but I'll read my mother's favorite first. And the title of the poem is, Be the Best of Whatever You Are. If you can't be a pine on the top of the hill, be a scrub in the valley, but be the best little scrub by the side of the reel. Be a bush if you can't be a tree. If you can't be a bush, be a bit of the grass and some highway happier make. If you can't be a musket, then just be a bass. Be the liveliest bass in the lake. We can't all be captains. We've got to be crew. There's something for all of us here. There's big work to do, and there's a less there's lesser to do. And the task you must do is the near. If you can't be a highway, then just be a trail. If you can't be the sun, be a star. It isn't by size that you win or you fail. Be the best of whatever you are. And the author is. Douglas Mallow. And the piece about um, Shirley Chisholm, the title is The Original Boss Lady. 
Shirley Chisholm obtained her claim to fame in the election of 72. Becoming the president was her aim, but sadly she wouldn't be voted through. Regardless of her presidential loss, she broke barriers and made history. A congresswoman, leader, and true boss, her significance is no mystery. A history-making woman indeed, shaking up her party and the nation. A black woman who fought hard to succeed and always worked hard for liberation. The very first woman in the nation to seek democratic nomination. And the author is Danielle Gibson. Shirley Chisholm. Thank you. Those are, uh, that first poem, I've always loved that poem. Be the best of whatever um, you are. It's so inspirational. It really gives a great message. It does. Thank I you. I remember Shirley Chisholm from high school. Where was she from? She's from, uh, her original home is, she's from Barbados, but she lived most of her life in New York. New York, uh-huh. New York. Yeah, William, she was a, a, a head of, a, what's your character name? Uh, uh, Susan Crosby Wilson. Susan Crosby. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's a she's a she's a tough lady. Yeah, <laughs> you know, in his book, uh, the New Popular Party, his character becomes the first female president of the United States in the New Popular Party. Okay, all right. Uh, it helps that she's from California because she gets all those electoral votes. You know. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Okay, so um, Dickie, uh, um. Janice, which one of y'all is reading this? Well, I give Janice hers because you know me. I, I am John Grisham, so. Uh. <laughs> 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 well, I, I can share mine. This is titled The Undefeated by Kwame Alexander and Kadia Nelson. This is not for the unforgettable, the swift and sweet ones who hurdled history and opened a world of possible. The ones who survived America by any means necessary. And the ones who didn't. This is for the undeniable, the ones who scored with chains on one hand and faith in the other. This is for the unflappable, the sophisticated ones who box adversity 
and tackle vision. This is for the unafraid, the audacious ones who carry the red, white, and weary blues on the battlefield to save an imperfect union. The righteous marching ones who sang, we shall not be moved because black lives matter. This is for the unspeakable. This is for the unspeakable. This is for the unlimited, unstoppable ones, the dreamers and doers who swim across the big sea of our imagination and show us the majestic shores of the promised land. This is for the unbelievable, the we real cool ones. This is for the unbending, the black as the night is beautiful ones. This is for the underdogs and the uncertain, the unspoken but no longer untitled. This is for the undefeated. This is for you and you and you. This is for us. So again, the undefeated. The author is Kwame Alexander and the illustrator is Kadir Nelson. That was a very, very powerful and uh, great book. The illustrations uh, are, are really, really uh, great illustrations and they really set off the, the whole, the words. And that's a, a picture book really that anybody of any age can, can relate to is uh, that I really enjoyed that book, Undefeated, yeah. Well, this has been another um, uh, amazing uh, Learning Street Book Club meeting. And before we end, does anybody have any um, great news that they want to share with everybody that happened to you recently or anything like that? I know uh, Janice, I got my your book is... today. Huh? I got my stimulus check today and they're going out. <laughs> 
<laughs> I got hey, that's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I know that you got one. news waiting because you got your stimulus check now, huh? so that's good. <laughs> uh -huh. I'm still waiting. Yeah. Well, we coming to the piece of party. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> right there, going to come. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lord. I'm so happy. Yeah. Does anybody else have anything to share? No. Oh, Dr. Billie Jean Young. Meredith made me aware of it on Facebook. For those who may have known Dr. Billie Jean Young, if you did not know, she passed a few days ago, I think it was, and she was such a light in my life many, many years ago when I came back from the Midwest and joined the Jackson State family. She was in my department for a short time, but uh, Dr. Young will long be remembered by me, and I just want to mention that I heard Yes, and uh, I, I I don't have uh, um, a, a her poetry, but she's a a, a poet and a uh, a playwright um, who influenced me because uh, I was young when I was introduced to both of those schools. And uh, Dr. Billie Jean Young told me uh, a story. I just want to tell uh, Harry and the children a story about Dr. Billie Jean Young. She's um, she's from Marion, Alabama. If you ever heard of Selma, Alabama, and uh, John Lewis and Marion, Alabama, where um, the whole movie came from, that's where she that's where she was uh, born and raised. Uh, she lives. Uh, that's where she is, uh, died at in Marion, Alabama. She taught at Justin College. Um, but anyway, um, she went to Belize. Uh, Michelle, you, you live in Belize, right? Dr. Billie Young went to Belize with her book. Um, uh, I don't know, maybe eight years ago. And she told me that the president of Belize met her at the airport and uh, <laughs> gave her a Queen's welcome. And her book signing was well attended. And you know, when I think about uh, that story, I, I, I think that uh, 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 our authors dream of the opportunity of being received in that manner, their works. Because people put in a lot of effort to write an entire collection of books or, or uh, a, a book. But anyway, uh, that's the kind of life she, she lived. She she lived a grand life, and uh, she is going to definitely be missed, uh, Dr. Billie Jean Young. <laughs> okay, so uh, if there are not any other uh, 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 news for anybody to, to share, we'll end. And um, until next week, if you can, next month, if you can read you uh, something in between. Uh, uh, some of us always do. We read a few books. Um, a month, but uh, uh, the church, I just want to encourage you if you can to read in between uh, meetings because uh, reading uh, really uh, gives us a lot of intellect. Intellect matters, you matter. 
Okay, you guys. So we'll uh, see you all next time. Have a wonderful Easter holiday. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Bye. 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 <laughs>